0: Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension beef educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be discussing an article from the July issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Pollinators and Nebraska Rangelands. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Mitch Stevenson, who's a rangeland management specialist based at the Panhandle Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Stevenson.
1: Thanks, Aaron. Good to be here.
0: This is an article that you wrote together with some other people who are part of the staff that you have there. And the focus of this article was really on the value of pollinators as it relates to, to specifically thinking about the health of rangelands in Nebraska. And in Nebraska, we have a large swath of areas that specifically the sand hills, where a lot of large areas of unbroken ground that would be primarily native range. And in this article, you talk about some of the key things that are on those native ranges in terms of plant species that really support pollinators. And we've seen a lot of that uh, in the news, I think over the last several years, the importance of pollinators, some of the impact to habitat for those, and, and in general, many pollinator species declining. I think this was just a very interesting article showing the value of rangelands in supporting pollinators.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a a healthy ecosystem, it has more than grass. I mean, oftentimes, I think is as when we're focused on beef production, we really look at the grass that's out there. But there are a number of species out there that are important for our pollinator species. And um, yeah, it's it's a concern. Uh, You know, a lot of it's due to habitat fragmentation. There's you know, things like climate change, uh, uh, pesticide use, all these things come into play with some of our pollinators and uh, some of their declines. And so, you know, this is where, re- especially in the Great Plains, a lot of its private land too, is where our ranching communities provide a safe haven for a number of native pollinator insect species that are crucial to our healthy rangeland ecosystem. You know, when we think about it, it for example, the data, some of the data that we have out in the sandhills at the Barter Brothers Ranch, uh, forbs and shrubs can account for typically anywhere between 15 and 25% of the total biomass production that's out on on these native sandhills rangelands and so you know they're, they're they're a pretty important part of the plant community a lot of them can't are, are fairly highly nutritious a lot of these a lot of these forbs and and, and shrubs that have these flowering that they're flowering plants that provide nectar and trade-offs to these pollinators to come and use them and uh, and, and so they they provide a lot of services Uh, outside of just forage, but also to help with the healthy ecosystem that's out there.
0: One of the things that was cited in the article that I really found interesting is, although they make up a small percent of maybe the total biomass, when we look at the total plant compositions or number of plant species that are out there, they actually outnumber grass species when we look at total composition of what's there
1: yeah that was that was kind of an interesting thing that we saw this last uh, summer when we were out. Collecting range uh, range monitoring data on a number of ranches in the sandhills was uh, and and so we were just looking at the upland uh, areas so on slopes and dune tops was where we were focused so there's a lot of more species out there but we just didn't didn't catch them in our monitoring and but but yeah so it ended up being like six uh, we we saw a total of 94 different species out there and something like there are 68 of the species that we identified were actually forbs or shrubs and uh, and so yeah they the biodiversity uh that's out there they provide a lot of that uh, in those plant species and so um really understanding it. And I, you know, growing up on ranch, uh, you know, I was always had a hard time with the Forbes, you know, I could typically do okay with the grasses identifying them. Uh, and that, that, that transferred over to this summer, you know, a lot of these plants were just like, I don't know what this is. So we had to go back and look and, and figure out what they were on a lot of them. But there are some, some key ones that are out there that have been identified as particularly important in Nebraska. And, and we list those in the article. and And those are all based on uh, some some work that the Nebraska Game of Parks did on identifying crucial and key plants uh, for things like uh, monarch butterflies and other pollinator species in Nebraska. And so having an idea or an understanding of what forb species are really valuable to pollinators, I think can really help us as we go out and look at our rangelands to see if we have those species out there, or maybe identify things, reasons that maybe they're not.
0: So oftentimes I think when we think about pollinators, we think about things like bees or butterflies, but there's a lot more than just those as pollinators, isn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, honeybees get are, are kind of the flagship insect uh, for the pollinator, and and people are really concerned about honeybees. But when we really get out there, there are a number of native bees that we have in the sandhills. Uh, you know, some of our sweat bees. Uh, many of these uh, are are ground nesting bees, and and so yeah, when you really get out there and see the number of different moths and, and uh, butterflies. Bees, a uh, number of other insects that are out there. Uh, it's really important to think about these native species and uh, and 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 some of the habitat requirements for them. You know, I mean, uh, the sandhills does so well with some of these ground nesting bees because typically they can find that bare ground that they need for their habitat because they they dig down into the soil there, and so there's uh, there's opportunities for that. Uh, with, along with their, their host plants or plants they use for nectar and other things like that. And so it, it, it's kind of an interesting uh, balance or ecosystem that's out there that a lot of different species use. And I think when we really look at it, uh, well-managed rangeland, can often have a lot of these different habitat types for different insects as well as different forb species that may be selected in, in higher abundance depending on the species that are out there and so there you know and there are ways that we can think about this uh, to to enhance some of these species I mean part of, one of it is timing of grazing uh, as we as we look out on on some of these pastures that typically are earlier grazed one thing that we 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 sometimes, but not always, but uh, we we typically don't see are, are some of the sunflower species because they get grazed when they're younger. And so, you know, if we rotate the time of grazing, we might see more stiff sunflower, more annual sunflowers come up in some of those areas that that, that weren't grazed early. And so, I think rotating cattle grazing during the the growing season and t- changing the timing on pastures will allow at least some of the pastures to have some of these forbs reach full maturity and, and go to that flowering stage where they can be utilized by some of these insects. Um, you know, some of the, some of the forbs pre- prefer some disturbance. And so having a little, some areas where it's higher disturbance and even, even some management practices such as patch burn grazing, where, where you're burning an area of a pasture and then going out and grazing it. So it does have a relatively high amount of disturbance, but then it's allowed to recover some of these forb species can really come back in on some of those areas, and so um, you know there there are there are kind of a diversity of management practices that can be employed to to enhance some of these forbs. But as as you go out and look at some of the pastures, I, I think that that's the important thing is to make sure that you're seeing some of these flowering species, and then make sure that you're giving some of these pastures the recovery or rest time they need, so these species can really be enhanced.
0: One of the things that also comes to mind for me as we think about forbs and pasture, and again, this is a time of year, and for whatever reason, I think this year, many people have seen things like musk thistle and scotch thistle, uh, some of these more invasive species, noxious weeds moving into rangelands. As we think about applying herbicides, especially if we're applying it broadly, that has an impact on these forbs as well. And I think that's a pause for me as we think about recommendations on Maybe treating, especially native forbs. I'm thinking here, uh, you know, that maybe more are showing up more on some rangeland like mare's tail. Uh, if we are going after something like that, we're also going to probably have an impact on some of those non-target species as well. Uh, give some perspective on that.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a great point, Aaron. You know, and I, and and you know, there are some areas where, especially if we think about some of these some of these species that. Are on the noxious weed list that we have to treat them. And so we have to get out there and control them. But um, as much as possible, uh, I think we really need to focus on, on targeted application and, and limit kind of the broad scale application just because there, there is a risk that we are going to be taking out a lot of these really beneficial. Forbs and pollinator uh, that, that are that are necessary for pollinators to do well. So it can be a cascading effect. You take all those out, then you take all the pollinator habitat as with it as well. And and um, and so I, yeah, there are there are some challenges with with others that aren't noxious weeds. You know, as uh, as you indicated. Marestail is one of them we see, uh, and there are some other ones. But yeah, I think we really need to think and really need to, to, to go out and look and see what's out there before we think about applying herbicides on some of these areas, because uh, it may be that there's marestail or other, other species, but if we're going to take out a, a bunch of other uh, really beneficial forbs, it may not be worth it to do, uh, at, at least not the whole area, uh, of, a, of a pasture. Um, so I, yeah, that's a really great point to, to consider as we, as we try to control some of these species. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it just highlights again, for me, the importance of whenever possible, you know, early detection, rapid response. So on, especially on some of these noxious invasive species, if we can catch those early and target control to a small area, uh, hopefully we can then also protect some of these native forbs that really are part of the ecosystem and i think oftentimes probably have benefits that we really don't fully understand
1: yeah absolutely and you know i think as as a rangeland beef community and growing cattle on rangelands i think this is something that's very appealing to the community as a whole because as we can show that ranchers producers and and those in nebraska here uh, that they provide a lot of this habitat on their land and don't get much, don't get compensation for it, you know, but it's something that we benefit as a society and uh, and our ecosystems in Nebraska benefit greatly from, from having those plants out there.
0: Anything else on this topic, Dr. Stevenson, that you'd like to highlight as we point towards wrapping this up?
1: Um, just invite people to check out the article. And, and there's a number of articles that we we reference in there to give ideas and suggestions and, and, uh, and maybe more learning opportunities for different plant species that are known to be hosts or important for some of the native pollinators in our
0: area. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, this is in the July issue. In the article, you'll also be able to find additional resources on this topic.